0: Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show where we talk about short video games, the kind of things that you can pick up and complete in an evening or a weekend, the kind of things that respect your time but also deliver interesting experiences you won't find in larger games. I'm your host, Reagan Kelly, and I am joined this week by absolutely no one. This is a solo episode. That's right. I am the only person on the podcast this week, but don't worry, it is a very short one. Um, we've done short episodes, that's what we've called our shorter episodes in the past, and they haven't actually been all that short. This is an attempt at something that'll get you in and out within about 20 minutes or less, and sort of a turning and turning over a new leaf for our short episode type episodes. And this week we're gonna be talking about a game that I've been looking forward to since it was announced all the way back in 2010, and that's Laser Life by Choice Provisions, or as they were called way back then in 2010, Gaijin Games, the developers of the bit trip, or are we, do you, are we supposed to say bit dot trip? Do we pronounce the dot? Or do we pronounce the capital letters? I don't know how one does that. Anyway. The BitTrip series of games, uh, which you're probably already familiar with. There have been quite a few of them, and they all sort of play on 8 bit visuals and even 8 bit sounding music, but giving these very sort of stripped down, interesting little game experiences, mostly centered around music. Uh, my favorite, and one we talked about previously on this show, was uh, BitTrip Runner, or more specifically the sequel, BitTrip Runner 2, which is really great, and if you haven't played that, you should definitely give it a try, but it's actually pretty brutally hard. Um, Laser Life, which I wanted to talk a little bit about this week because I had an opportunity to, uh, to play the game all in one sitting, always a plus for me, is a significantly shorter experience. So a description from the developer uh, goes as follows. Uh, Laser Life is an interactive biography about a dead astronaut floating through deep space who is discovered by future intelligences who have no concept of humankind. These deep space explorers who are leaving up to your imagination, have technology that is capable of extracting the physical elements of memory. As they themselves have no memory or knowledge of humankind, they extract the astronauts' fragments to learn about their strange discovery. Why is the astronaut here? Why is it alone? Why is it dead? It's your job, representing these entities, to piece together the astronauts' memories so that you can gain understanding of what it is. And you do this with lasers to the beat of the music. So that's the premise. In 2010, um, uh, Choice Provisions, then Gaijin Games, visited IndieCade and uh, they showed off a concept video for this, and at the time they pretty much just said, hey, we have this cool idea, we're still working on the BitTrip games, but maybe this will get made someday, who knows? And they kind of shrugged. And then we didn't hear about the game for basically five years after that. Um, And I had seen that video crop up a couple of times when either Choice Provisions had tweeted it as a, hey, do you remember this thing kind of thing? Or, you know, in other contexts online, Uh, and I always thought it was a really awesome concept video with some pretty good music, Um, but I I didn't really think that the game was still in development until only about three weeks ago or so when I found out that it actually suddenly had a release date. Apparently, um, they've sort of discovered some time in their schedule in between uh, their Last Bit Trip game, which I think was Runner 2 itself, um, and their upcoming game, which also looks really, really interesting. More on that later. And so apparently they've gone back to this concept that they had been developing for years and sort of banged it out in between games, and uh, and here it is. It's out on the PlayStation 4. It's also out on Windows and Mac, I believe, and it's on Steam. And I. Th- I think it may be coming to other platforms as well, but I'm not positive of that. I I played it on the PlayStation 4, which is pretty good, because it's a game that really requires a controller, Um, and the DualShock 4 is my favorite controller. So you are controlling twin lasers that are sort of flying down a tunnel, and um, the tunnel is sort of representing the matter that makes up what is left of this astronaut, and you're controlling your little lasers, each one independently. So this is kind of neat. You've got um, two lasers, each one controlled by a separate thumbstick. And for the most part, you're controlling these two lasers to kind of hit targets that represent the molecules or other sort of fragments of uh, the dead astronauts memories, and trying to do that to the beat of this sort of techno style music that I'll be playing throughout the episode, and hopefully you're jamming out to Right now, visually, the game is really cool looking. Um, you know, you can get a pretty good sense of it immediately from the promotional artwork and from the uh, from the trailer if you uh, want to take a look. We'll try to have a link to that in the show notes. Um but It's full of bright fluorescent lights. You know, the the game sort of begins with with a very wide shot of deep space and there's a tiny lighted speck, our astronaut sort of slowly drifting towards an enormous, seemingly lifeless, hollow cratered asteroid. And then that speck suddenly starts to accelerate into the asteroid and it gets stuck dead center in the middle of this mass and Suddenly, that asteroid starts to light up with these sort of fluorescent trim lines, kind of like you might see on a Las Vegas fluorescent sign. Suddenly, these really bright lights come on, and objects start to appear around the um, the rim of the asteroid, and it's clear that this thing is somehow inhabited, but all we see is the lights, the lasers that are sort of inhabiting this uh, this deep space object. And That's it, that's pretty much the only setup that we get. That's the only explanation we have of what this asteroid is doing out here or who these laser life forms are. But the game then sort of progresses in stages, each one representing a memory. So it's actually a remarkably short game. I think I completed the whole thing in about two hours or one sitting. The game's really meant to be played in one setting. And the developer said that it's intended to be accessible to everyone, that um, it's got three difficulty settings. But even on the normal difficulty setting, I didn't find it a particular challenge, although I did find it pretty enjoyable. Um, And on the easy difficulty setting, I think literally anyone with even zero uh, familiarity with rhythm games uh, or even maybe who has difficulty using a typical dual stick controller would probably be able to complete the game. Um, And on the higher difficulty it does offer a little more challenge and a little more fun if that's what you're looking for. But it's it's a really sort of laid back, stripped down, kind of lean back and chill type of rhythm game. There's three sort of overall levels each of which has four stages and each of those is broken down into three phases and so each memory starts with this memory collection where you're using your little lasers to grab little molecules and you're doing that to the beat and then uh, goes into another sort of um, phase called Harmonization where again steering your little laser beams around but this time you're kind of flying through hoops and uh, as you do that, um, your memory is becoming more and more harmonized. So your little laser beings are, are, uh, are syncing up. And it's at this point that we start seeing the details of the memory. We've collected all of the molecules. Now we're putting that information together and you start seeing random objects drifting through this deep space void that we're flying through um, that start to resemble earthly objects, uh, toys from the astronaut's childhood or um, his wedding ring or the house where he grew up or his dog and later on his space capsule and his space helmet and things like that. And the farther we get through that, the more solidified and consistent these objects become until finally one of them that's particularly significant kind of emerges as the final object of the level. And finally at the end we're escaping back out of the memory space um, and there's a final stage at the end of each level where you're flying through a tunnel and kind of dodging walls that the game calls um, uh, mental blocks. So. Each level has that sort of three-phase mechanic. The middle part is always the most interesting uh, visually and in terms of the music, and it gives you a kind of a nice arc with each level. And each level is really only as long as about a song, and with there only being 12 of them, the game is not a particularly lengthy game, um, but it is a lot of fun to listen to each of those songs and, uh, and to, to um, discover those objects that kind of tell a story environmentally, so to speak. The soundtrack is by uh, Chris Osborne, who goes by the name Tracer professionally. It's his, I guess, DJ name. Um, I don't know why people feel the need for that, but he has one. Apparently, he used to be a developer with Gaijin Games, back when it was Gaijin Games, uh, and not choice provisions, and he actually left after the video that debuted this game came out but not too long after that. And so apparently he's kind of returned to work with his old colleagues to, uh, to put out this game. And I'd say that the soundtrack is probably a big strength of the game, second only to the really interesting uh, sort of stylish visuals. It's not a perfect game. Um, I was hoping for uh, slightly more specifics about the astronaut and his mission. I mean, we're told that this is a biography, but really what we get in terms of biography is a collection of about 12 objects that were significant to the net, to the a- uh, astronaut and that tell a story somewhat, but it doesn't tell us a lot of details about the story. The game is kind of at its best in the third act when the memories that are included are a little more grounded in you know what's actually happened to this astronaut and really answering questions about why is this creepy astronaut? Corpse floating out in space, and the answer is not exactly uh, you know shocking. He was an astronaut and he died. Uh, How do you think that might happen? But that act includes a lot more sort of memory. So we hear a lot of ground control to Major Tom type chatter on the radio, and uh, we get a lot more context as to sort of what was happening, what was interesting about this guy. Not just you know what type of dog did he have when he was a kid, and when did he meet his wife. Also, I'd say that uh, the gameplay is a lot of fun and reminiscent of other uh, sort of tunnel shooter style rhythm games. I mean, really, Rez is the one that everyone knows. Um, This has a lot in common with Rez. But I'd say that in terms of a music game, it didn't feel quite as collaborative as I would like. The best rhythm games, I think, make you kind of feel like you're co-creating the music with the game. Here, there's a little bit more of a mellow laid-back approach where you're really more sort of dancing to the music rather than feeling like you're having a hand in creating it. And uh, that might be a strength or a weakness depending on your tastes. But I would say that it's a little more sort of hands-off even than something like a DDR or um, Elite Beat Agents, which, by the way, is the best rhythm game ever made haven't played Elite Beat Agents for the, the Nintendo DS, play that. <laughs> it's great. But um, yeah, it's a little more, it's a little more at a distance from the sort of creation of the music and more just sort of flowing with it. So I mentioned before that this is a game that sort of got stuck into Choice Provision's release schedule in between other projects. Uh, they've had a few of these sort of smaller games recently. Um, another one that you should definitely check out if you haven't had a chance is the incredibly fun uh, arcade style uh, sort of platform, arcade high score getting type game, Woe Dave. Woe Dave was actually a uh, available on PlayStation Plus as one of the free games uh, several months back, and so you may have it in your collection and may have overlooked it if you're a PlayStation user. It's terrific fun. And it goes on sale all the time on Steam, too, so if you want a really fun little uh, pick-up-and-play arcade-style game, it's definitely one to check out, and it's available on everything. So they've been doing a few of these smaller games, although this is clearly much more of, a, of an effort. A lot more work went into this game than something like Woe Dave, which is a small little pixel art game. Um, but this kind of snuck into their schedule in between the really large uh, two-year development cycle for uh, for Runner 2, and what seems like a huge game coming from them later this year, uh, Tharsis. Or excuse me, maybe not later this year. Excuse me, it was announced this year at uh, PAX Prime 2015. I don't know actually when it's coming out yet. I'll try to try to find out. Um, Tharsis looks really, really neat. And I know that it's gonna be something that we're going to have to talk about somewhat on this show because there've been a lot of nods to FTL in terms of describing its mechanics. It's a, uh, a game where you're managing a space mission. So again, sort of reminiscent of this, I suppose. Um, maybe they're returning to a theme but it's sort of at an intersection between board games and video games where you're managing this mission, but there's also a lot of dice rolling of actual six-sided dice in the game. And uh, you're kind of managing the mission in a sort of a board game-esque kind of way. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I'm definitely gonna be keeping my eye on it. And as you know, this show is obsessed with FTL. So anything that mentions that in the description is sure to uh, perk up our ears. Well, thanks again for joining us on this episode of The Short Game, where it was just me. Uh, Hopefully this won't be a common occurrence, but I am going to try to have more episodes like this in that it's a short, quick episode to explain a game that maybe doesn't need a a full uh, hour-long four-person panel discussion to, uh, to explain why you should check it out. So if you liked this episode, uh, or if you didn't, please let us know. Uh, you can uh, find me on Twitter at ReaganK, that's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. And of course, you can find our website at www.theshortgame.net, where you'll find uh, links to all of our past episodes, show notes for this episode, where we'll try to link to anything that we mentioned, as well as a feedback form, and we love to hear from you. You can also write to info@theshortgame.net. So thanks so much for joining us again on this episode of The Short Game.